I caught up with Nate Robinson today from Not So Secret Dad's business. Not So Secret Dad's business is a podcast that he created some time ago, a podcast for dads, and where dads can go and have conversations about real life issues. And I had a conversation with him about what has brought him to Nate to this very exact moment in time. I really enjoyed talking to Nate because I really love seeing what he's doing and he's branching out across uh, overseas, uh, talking to some huge, huge, uh, well-known guests. And it was just a a great conversation about dads and real-life issues that we face today. So here is Nate Robinson from Not-So-Secret Dads Business. Welcome, Nate. Welcome. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm doing well, mate. Thank you for having me on the show and having a bit of a chat with you. Mate, yeah, I, I appreciate the time you've taken because uh, I know you're busy with your, with your podcast and I've been listening, mate. It's uh, not so secret dad's business. It's, um, it's, it's taken off and you've got, a, uh, you've got a real niche. You've got a real niche happening there, mate. And um, I just, uh, uh, some, of the, some of the guests you've had on is just, yeah, I just really can re- really relate. Yeah, thanks, mate. I mean, that's that's the whole idea behind it was just to have those honest conversations with other dads. And and I mean, as you know, being a young dad, you don't normally know what you're doing first time around. So it was just an opportunity to to have those real chats with other dads and and sort of uh, work out my way in the in the fatherhood world, I guess. And that's right. There's, I believe that there's no. There's no right way and there's no wrong way to, to parent. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the guy, the bloke that lives next door and compared to how, how I parent is, you know, neither, neither right or wrong, but, you know, whatever, whatever works for, uh, whatever, whatever works for, for you and your, your children in your, in your routine, your lifestyle has to, has to fit in and has to be, you know, yeah, our parents have done the best best that they can where i feel that we're only doing the doing the best we can that's that's exactly right mate look at the end of the day i don't think like you said nobody does it right nobody does it wrong but having the opportunity to talk to to other blokes about what they're doing how they handle stuff and their experiences through fatherhood and and that sort of thing you can just sort of pick and choose what you want and sort of create your own style as well have you ever come across the gargoyle in your parenting situation? No, that's, 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 that was an interesting one, that one, wasn't it? No, I have not had that one at all. So that's when I spoke to AJ about that on my show um, and I'd heard that story originally, I, I had to get him to tell that. So <laughs> um, That made me laugh, eh? Mate, if I, if I ever walked into the bathroom and found my son trying to shit across the, the the bathroom i think in fact i don't know how i'd handle that so I, I mean again i think he's done better than i did yeah that's that's gold man that's gold now having a dad podcast what was it like for you growing up with your parents mate can you just uh, tell us a bit about what you experienced yeah well um i'm from wa originally mm-hmm. so um well, we moved around quite a bit as well. Uh, I guess now that I look back at it, I think my dad was trying to run away from a lot of his problems. Yes. Um, every every two years it worked out, we moved house. Uh, 
mm-hmm. um, and that was across the Tasman as well. So we lived in in New Zealand, I think collectively for about six years throughout my childhood. Um, but I never had that close relationship with my dad. Um, he was very much an uh, authoritarian and and really strict and and hard down the line. Uh, so I was a bit more of a mummy's boy, really spent more time with her. She was, she was, you know, more happy to sort of bring out our interests and, and find, help us find who we are as, as people when we were kids, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't have the greatest relationship with my old man. I don't speak to him anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and big part of that was because, um, you know, not having that approval from my dad, it caused a lot of issues with my mental health, with my self-esteem, my self-worth. Um, and so I, I ended up getting into this toxic pattern of, of meeting people and then working my ass off to get their approval. And then when I felt that someone didn't like me, it just put me into a tailspin. Mate, so um, I can relate to that so much. And uh, hearing those words, I'm proud of you. Uh, they're very, very strange to me, also. Mm. And yeah, they, they, I don't know. I, I tell my daughter um, that I'm proud of her all the time, and she says, "What for?" I said, "Well, I'm just proud of you. I'm proud of you." Yeah. Like because the, I guess um, the the stuff that she's had to deal with, and. The, the thing that helped me was uh, putting myself in, in my parents' shoes. But was, was that the case? You just weren't told that, you, that he was proud, proud of you? Yeah. In fact, there was one moment, and I remember it as clear as day, um, which is really surprising because we were, we were both on the booze one night. And uh, I thought I'd just have a bit of a deeper meaningful with him. And I went, hey, Dad, look, I've been thinking lately. I said... Uh, you know, has there ever been a moment, I'm thinking back, has there ever been a moment in my life that I've made you proud? Has there ever been a moment that you've gone, oh, look at him, I'm proud of, proud of my son? And his response was, well, if I was, don't you think I would have told you? Oh, Jesus Christ. And so for me, I, whether that's how he meant it or, or whether he used the wrong words or whatever, I don't know. But for me, that was a massive gut punch. Gut. Well, shit, he's right. He's never told me. So I guess, I guess you know, if he yeah. had, he he would have been proud of me. How old were you, mate? I think I was uh, early 20s. I would have been 21, 22 yeah. thereabouts. Yep, yep. Yeah, yep. so yep. it was just one of those moments where I'd really thought about it. And gone, yeah, I'd never really heard that. So I thought maybe he was just one of those dads that didn't, he was, he was never affectionate anyway. So mm-hmm. I figured, well, maybe he just doesn't know how to say it. So if I can sort of bring it out of him, maybe we can have that moment. But yeah, no, it kind of blew up in my face, that one. Yeah, I, oh, that, that, that's pretty rough, mate. And, um, you know, to, to hear your dad, you know, come across, you know, the, the, have that perception and, you know, not having anything to do with him now, I guess, do you, do you know where he where he is or uh, what he's doing, what he's up to? Um, I know where he is, but again, um, I don't know exactly what he's up to or anything like that. I I have no interest really having him in my life. Yeah, um, 
just just for the pure fact that it ends up sort of living rent free up in my head, you know. And for I sure. keep thinking, well, you know, maybe I I could do this. Maybe if I did this, I'd be good enough. Yeah, or maybe if I'd have done that, I would have been good enough. And yeah, in order to improve my mental health, I had to cut that toxic part of my life out. Well, that's and and probably would have been for me a couple of years ago. Now I, I still I still have a connection with my parents and which I'm grateful for. And you know, sometimes it's pretty shitty, but uh, well, well, what 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 family doesn't have their issues? But yep. um, but but so the saying that blood is thicker than water. Now that's I only sort of a couple of years ago I only, I only sort of worked that worked that it worked the saying out was utter bullshit. Mm. And toxic is toxic. Toxic yes. is toxic. And when you when you have the courage to do what you've done and and gotten you know let those people go, how has life been? For you since getting rid of that toxicity mate it's it's been been great for me um because again just getting rid of the toxicity it's 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 almost like um look i love my analogies so bear with me here yeah, yeah. metaphors and analogies i love them so it, it, for me it was kind of like having an oil slick on the sea that is my life yes and i, I could i could never clean it up because I had that toxicity there constantly leaching into, into my life. So having turned off that tap, so to speak, I've been able to clear up the waters and think clearer. Um, and it's, it's made me a better person. It's made me a better dad. It's, it's helped me start, like I said, start sorting out my head and, and, and growing person like through my personal development and mentally and physically and it's just worked wonders for me yeah cool cool that's that, that i'm really really happy happy for you man happy for you to uh to have those realizations and with um yeah uh, for my the the connection that you have with your your son uh you know you're always talking about him on your podcast and you know the connection yeah. that you have it's it's pretty special, mate. It's pretty special. Yeah, I've, I feel very blessed. Um, I'm not I'm not a, a man of faith, but, um, you know, I, I think blessed is probably the best word to use, you know. Um, in a way, I guess it's funny. I, I get to live my childhood through him, but roles reversed, I guess. So, I mean, when I, when I see him and I interact with him, I think about how I would have wanted my interactions with my old man to have, have happened when I was a kid. And so that's where I, I do. I spend a lot of time trying to nurture him and, and um, guide him to do things that I wouldn't have done as a kid or, or whatever. And I try really, really hard not to like step on his personality and sort of crush his soul, you know, because it's so easy to do through words and uh, words, especially, you know. Um, and so I, and I mean, I have this bad habit where I snap a lot. I've got mm -hmm. a really short fuse mm -hmm. and, and I recognize that from my childhood. So again, it's, I try to support him and try not to 
react so much rather than respond and sort of uh, talk to him, you know. That's He's a really uh, good kid. That's and that well, shit. My daughter, she's eleven. This nearly eleven. Eleven next month, and um, for the first, uh, I'm going to say eight years of her life, that's what she was subject to. She was subject to snapping and you know not 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 belittling her or anything like that. But I guess having the realizations that you know thanking my parents internally for showing me how I do not want to parent and by change because because I was I was parenting exactly the same they were uh, the same mm-hmm. way that they were and you know I was always be seen and not heard and you know like you know you know how it goes you know yep. bringing board up in that era and uh, it's it's just not just not fun I mean and one one way I did that was like I said earlier I put myself in my parents shoes of how they would have felt through their upbringing because i mean my dad he grew up on a farm yep and uh you know he would have been would have been worked doing chores before school like when he had to ride, ride horses to school and uh, and my mum, i think she was only 15 at the time she um she was in the 1974 flood in brisbane lost everything and yeah well um, and yeah so some of those emotions that they've carried through uh and and made them the, the people they are today you know, just the trauma, the trauma that we, that we tend to hang on to into our, you know, adult. And then that, that affects how we, how we actually parent. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. I mean, look, my old man was the same. He grew up on the farm. And so I think with, with our parents' generation, they, they really were, were brought up to be really hard-nosed bastards, you know, yeah. um, because life wasn't easy. They had to, you know, it's not as easy as what we've got it now in any case. Um, so, yeah, I mean, where was I going with that? Sorry. Um, yeah, no, I mean, although he was a hard, my old man's a hard-nosed old bastard, I wasn't a fan of that. And so, like you said, I sort of sort of took that as uh, a manual of what not to do. Mm-hmm. But you, um, you, well, later on, you... Um grew up in a blended family too yeah 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 so uh when i was about 18 my uh my mum remarried mm-hmm. and um my my stepfather he's got five sons yeah right uh, yeah and i'm the oldest of five on uh through my mum as well so i was i ended up being the oldest of 10 in that family yeah right and uh yeah one point there yeah we were all living in the one house and and it was really regimented because, I mean, when you've got 13 people in the house, 13, 12 people in the house at once, everything has to be really organised and, you know, dinner times and, and shower schedules and it was it was ridiculous. Food bill must have been through the roof. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad I wasn't having to pay that bill. <laughs> yeah, but again, I mean, when you've got a big family like that, yeah you tend to budget really well as well. Like, and I think my mum is, is really lucky in a way through her marriage with my old man, because he was, he was also financially abusive as well. Like he would withhold a lot of money. Yes. And so mum was doing um, grocery shopping for a family of seven on a hundred dollars a week. Yeah. Right. So when it came to um, after, after, 
you know, she'd married my stepdad and we were a blended family. She was already well-versed on how to make a dollar stretch. Yeah, that's, that's cool, man. And look, I, I was never, never shown about money. I, I saw what, how my mum and dad spent their money, which was usually on, uh, on, you know, smokes and beers in the afternoon. I, I, and you know, I, I don't mind having a beer, but it's sort of rarely, rarely now, but, like every afternoon, I, when I come home from work, I was getting into a habit where, you know, I, I'd have a, I'd have, a, I'd have a beer and um, or a couple of tallies, and yep. um, then get home and I was, I think I was smoking cigarettes too, and I was uh, putting, uh, having the odd cane here and there as well, and mm-hmm. um, you know, so I've, I've had my fair share of, uh, I guess, abusing, uh, abusing myself um, with illicit substances and, uh, and you know, suppressing just suppressing a lot of those. Uh, emotions that now oh, I'm only too happy to share with 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 anybody by by you know by my vulnerability. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and I was very much the same, you know. I for a long time I was uh, smoking cannabis and and uh, you know I was doing a whole heap of drugs. It was it was absolutely ridiculous, and it kind of went from being um you know sort of ignored by my old man in in our family unit to then being the oldest of 10 mm-hmm. it's really easy to get lost in all all of everything that's going on and so i kind of again kind of felt like i was invisible so mm-hmm. that was a good good chance for me to be able to suppress those feelings you know drugs how, and alcohol yeah how, how did you um I guess, how, how did you meet your partner? Her purely by accident online, actually. So I've been living in New South Wales now for, what are we, 2021, eight years. Yep. So I moved here in 2013. Um, and then about three years later, yeah, I was just online and we sort of met each other through an anonymous app. Yep. Right. So um, I put up this post anonymously and she'd sort of slid into my messages and said you know it's it's gonna be okay whatever and we, we just started talking and um we hit it off you know i was like hey look would you like to catch up for a cup of coffee or uh, she goes oh you know i don't think that's a good idea you know like i'm i'm pregnant i'm five months pregnant mm-hmm. i was like oh okay no that's cool no worries and just kept the conversation on as as normal, like whatever, no big deal. Um, now, I think other guys she'd spoken to in the past had sort of seen that and gone, oh, you know, single girl, pregnant, she's easy. Yeah. And whereas myself I was like, all right, that's fine, that's your deal, whatever. And so um, after a while, yeah, she warmed up and we went out for a cup of coffee. Um, me being an idiot, didn't realise that she's not going to want to drink caffeine while she's pregnant, so... <laughs> It didn't work out well, but look, I mean, we had a great chat. We clicked and then um, second date came and she almost bailed on me, to be honest, because um, she she didn't want to start something when she was about to have a baby. You know, she didn't want all the extra drama involved uh, as well as being a, a new mum. So her friends ended up talking her into going on the second date and just, yeah. you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? You can 
just say, no, nah, it's not going to work out, and you don't see each other again. But at least let him pay for a meal. You know, get a free meal out of it. <laughs> so, you know, so we went out on our second date, and the rest is history, really. Um, you know, she was really cool. We took it slowly for a while, and uh, I was there in the delivery room, helped her deliver the baby. Um, and then she gave me like a 12-month window as well where mm-hmm. um, if at any point I felt it got too much for me, I was able to bail. There was no hard feelings. But by the time his first birthday came around, I was in too deep. I was too attached to this kid, you know, so yeah. I wasn't going anywhere. Well, um, to... And now here we are. Well, we've been together five years now and we're planning our wedding and getting married next year, so... Yeah, awesome. Good stuff. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, that's um that's pretty big, mate, to um to take on somebody somebody else's child. I mean, the uh was there any point where you you were you were struggling at any point in those in those 12 months? Nah. I don't nah. It was I found it pretty easy. Again, I think being the eldest of five through my mum and dad, and then again the oldest of 10 once my mum remarried it's it's kind of easy you know like I have the babysitter I had the younger siblings as babies so I would help mum feed I would help with changing I would um do that sort of stuff I'd help with the feeding um my sister would do more so than me but you know Mm. I, I had that experience so when I was in the hospital after he um the young fella had been delivered the nurses and or the midwives are like, okay, well, let me show you how to pick him up. How to, I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. Just scooped him up. Where's the bottle? Yep, thank you. And just whacked it in him, fed him. And they're like, what? You know how to do this? Like, yeah, don't worry about it. No, are you worried about dropping, uh, dropping him? Yeah, if I do, he'll bounce. Well, he's got rubber bones. It's all good. And so I kind of threw, threw the midwives off at about how naturally it just came to me. That's cool, man. That's cool. And uh, any any plans for any more? Uh, we've been we've been trying. It's a bit of a sticky one at the moment because um, I've got fertility issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, my partner has fertility issues as well, and um, so combined, it's sort of made it a lot harder to fall pregnant. We've been doing a bit of uh, like going through fertility testing, and we've tried a few different methods. Um, and it was starting to take a bit of a strain on our relationship. You know, I wasn't happy. She wasn't happy. It was really getting to us. And it got to a point where we had to take a bit of a break. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I believe she's probably got that clock ticking over in her, in her ears. You know, she can hear that biological clock ticking. But no, we're, it's something we do want to work towards. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't. My my opinion is we've got a perfect little family now anyway. So, mate, I can totally, uh, I'm totally feel feel, I know exactly what you're going through there because after my daughter was born, <clears throat> we tried, we tried for six years, man. Mm. We tried for six years. The only thing we didn't do is IVF, and um, yep. my wife she had um, she had uh, endometriosis, mm-hmm. and she had some had some cut out, and you know I, I was tested and. Uh, and you know the the endo that was that was what um, I suppose the cause or what they were saying that was preventing preventing her from falling pregnant, and yep. 
mate, uh, I don't know, the inje- you, she tried the injections, going up, getting the injections at once a month and then coming yeah. back and you got to get told you, you're doing, you got to do it at this specific point in time. So, the, I mean, you know, when, when, you, when, you, when you're creating an old life, conceiving an old life, the, the connection that you do have when, when it's natural, it's, it's, it's amazing. But when it's forced, it's fucked. It is. Absolutely it really fucked. is. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing romantic about scheduled sex. It's absolutely nothing. whatsoever. There's nothing romantic about it. If anything, it feels more like a chore. Yep. You know, it's like, oh, got to do this now. You know, normally, normally you wouldn't think that way about being with your partner, you know, but when you're, when you're trying to have a baby like that, yeah, and everything's timed and, there's, yeah, there's a, there's, not romantic there's, whatsoever. There's a lot of, um, I guess, and I think, uh, you know, those next few years where you stop trying and just sort of saying, you know, if it happens, it happens. You know, fuck, I'm nearly 40. If it happens... If it happens now, oh shit! I'd shit myself, I reckon. But uh, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Um, yeah, like um, just the. I, I guess there was a quite a little bit of resent mm. there from not not so much from me, but from uh, from my wife that we because I suppose it was wasn't um, uh, the IVF. She she really wanted another one and. I've had some conversations with a few people now that um, that uh, she she wasn't she's an only child and she's what is she she's forty three and uh, look some some of the stories that that she's told me I sort of I feel for her but you know uh, having that uh, connection around around um, having that connection around the friends and stuff there that my daughter, she can make, because I mean, like we're not going to be here forever, but um, it's, it's so important. And I try and get involved as much as we can with, with, uh, with what she's doing without over supporting her too much. Yeah. Because I had a conversation with, uh, with with my uh, my mentor Trent the other day about, you know, no one wants an over supported child. And, you know, I'm, I'm sort of pretty grateful for the upbringing that I did receive because the amount of resilience it, uh, it taught us to, to, to take on life today, it, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty special. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I mean, I sort of, um, again, I come from the uh, other side of it as well where um, I try really hard not to helicopter parent mm-hmm. because obviously when... There's there's a there's a real danger of overcompensating, you know. Rather than, like I said, oldest of five, it was like get out there, go do what you want, drink out of the hose, don't come back until the street lights are on. I don't want to see your face all day, and we just go off and do what we want. And so him being by himself, being the only child, doesn't have those friends. I'm that um, that social. Uh, interaction that he has we yes. go we, we we go grocery shopping together we go to the skate park with the scooter or the skateboards we go down to the park together um and with that it's really easy to then start going oh watch out don't fall oh hang on yeah. like let's let's think about this first and and so yeah it's a it's a, a really tricky one 
Did you like being in a being in a, in a uh, in one under one roof with nine nine siblings? How 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 did that go? Um, it just it went. I mean, it's funny. A lot of the time, I I wasn't there mentally because I I was either high or I was drunk or uh you know, whatever. My head just wasn't there. But I mean, it was busy. We got along for the most part. Um, and yeah, I mean, there have been a couple of times I almost got into fisty cuffs with, with my stepbrothers and that sort mm. of thing. Um, but I mean, when you're all living on top of each other like that as well, um, it's, it's going to happen. You know, those tensions sure. do, do arise. Uh, but again, I think it, it taught me a lot of dealing with different people, different personalities and, and, you know, one size doesn't fit all when it comes to people. You know, you, I, you have the way you think in your head and the way you perceive life, but then you've sort of got to watch behaviour of other people as well and, and see how they may perceive life and then try and adapt. That's where, yeah, that, and that's where I, I had to relearn, I guess. And, you know, for me, I call, I call those those perception i call those values how how you know how i live my life how you live you, you live your life and then you know it's, how often do we struggle when when we see other people doing what we wouldn't necessarily do now i'm not talking about like a right or wrong thing but the same interest like we all have mates but then uh, you know, putting our perception onto them how how we should live, live how they should live their life yeah, yeah. I, I do it sometimes. I'm like, man, what are you doing? If I if I was in your position, I'd do this, 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 and this. But it doesn't work that way. Yeah. The the not not so secret dad's business. What was the what was the uh, motivation behind that? Um, it was the motivation behind it was to help me sort of unfuck myself, mm -hmm. you know, sort out my own father issues. Mm -hmm. Um it was for me to talk to other dads and just sort of be open and honest and sort of, hey, look, you know, I'm struggling with this at the moment. Have you been through that? You know, just sort of having those dad chats. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just so I could be the best dad that I can be. You know, like I said earlier, just talking to everybody that I have spoken to, you take a little bit from this conversation, mm -hmm. a little bit from that one. And you start to put it into a package that works for you, you know. So um, I didn't start it to be like an advice podcast or anything like that because I don't know anything, mm -hmm. you know, like, like any other parent. We're all working it out for ourselves. So it wasn't a case of like trying to have an advice column, but more just to hear other people's perspectives. Well, there was one episode earlier on, I think it might have been episode 12 with Rob. I think his name was Rob. With, uh, Richard. Um, Richard from... Uh, Richard Dunn. That's, that's in Penrith District Dads. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mate. I, that, that, I really enjoyed that one. He, he had a lot of... He sounded like an older dude too. Yeah, Gen Xer. Yeah, he, uh, he had a lot of good advice, mate. So um, <clears throat> I took a lot away from that. And, you know, he, he's only got daughters too, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got twin daughters, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I, so that's yeah. where we sat down and we spoke about the P word and all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that was that's really good 
uh, listen to that and like the awareness, uh, having the awareness around it because like, like I said, you, you don't want to embarrass, embarrass your daughters or anything like that. I mean, mm. not, not, not for that, but I mean, geez, I, I get, I'd like to embarrass my daughter every chance I get in front of her friends. I mean, just, just being the, yeah. just being the douche dad. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I just, yeah, we, we, but I do also find that having an only child, the, the level of connection that we do have now and compared to a couple of years ago was, is, is very, is, oh, it's, it's just, um, it's so, I'm so grateful, but the conversations that we have, she's, I feel that she's a lot more mature than she is for her age because she's, she's around adults all the time, mate. And yeah, uh, yeah she's included in a lot more. Is it? And your, your young fella is going to be very, very similar. Yeah, I would imagine so. And I mean, I was, I was a little bit like him as well when I was a kid. When, uh, you know, I was like five or six, I just started school because I was always, I mean, my, my, my sister at the time, she would have been only about two or three, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And so I was so used to being around the adults. I got to school and I was following the teachers into the staff room to keep talking to the teachers because yeah. I don't want to go hang out with the kids, you know. Um, but yeah, I do think he'll end up very much being being like that as well, like being more adult oriented, and and again, that's where I'm trying to be really careful because I want him to have a childhood. I want him to be a kid. I don't want him to feel like he has to grow up earlier than he needs to. And that's yeah, that that's really good advice, mate. Because uh, and yeah, I feel that we probably put a little bit of pressure on on our daughter to 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 do that but yeah it's it's drawing a line and understanding it's for the first first seven years of a life like i mentioned this mentioned this before for, on your podcast but yeah you know like they learn how they learn the traits of 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 us they're yeah. they're, they're sort of programmed into them from when they're born to to, to the age of seven and, uh, you know, when she was uh, nine, eight, eight and a half, that's, that's when I had like a, uh, a moment where, shit, I need to change here. And um, to, really, to really, yeah, let her start to have a childhood. And, mm. yeah, yeah, look, I mean, we try and get her to do chores around the house, but, uh, oh, shit, I, I think I'm too soft too soft at the end of the day too i just do everything for her and that's probably going to be a um uh you know that might set her up for a little bit of failure later on too but look i i, I would do anything for her yeah yeah look again um i think like with my young fella i try to we try to keep him with chores he's got small things he can do you know he can feed the dog he can clear his dishes he can make sure that you know his toys are away stuff like that but again i'm a bit like you i tend to go ah oh, come on i know it's going to be quicker if i do it like <laughs> let's just get into it let's get it done yeah. um because again i've got that that patience issue where i'm just like dude i've i, I fucking asked you five minutes ago to do this oh but i don't i'm watching tv yeah but you could watch tv and have this done in 30 seconds 
And yeah, like I said, in the end, I just, ah, oh, I don't have the patience. I'll do it and just pick it up and get it done. You know, funny, um, funny you say about patience. Yeah, it's uh, that's something that I struggled. Something that I, I called out. Uh, I called out everybody else's impatience and not not my own. Mm. So um, yeah, when I when I sort of realised that I was that I was the impatient one, yeah, I, I, I was de- able to hold a lot more space to be patient, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's really good when you're self-aware, but at the same time, I think it's a bit of a, a burden as well because you are so, so self-aware, you, you sort of see it from both sides. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's And I, I was talking to Shane, Shane Pretner last night, and um, he mentioned like the uh, the more we think, like the more we learn. Uh, now he used an analogy. The more the more we learn, the more we realise we don't know. Yeah. And, and for you to for you to put a lot of that, it's uh, like to see it from both sides. It's a bit of a burden, and yeah, it is because like we put ourselves in each other's shoes, and then uh, then you know then we put ourselves back in. In our, our shoes it's to to have that sense of you know responsibility and like getting back to allowing our our kids to be to be kids is, uh, mm. is the most important and I, I guess for a long time there too I put the pressure of the student I never was on to my daughter you know, we expected her to be, you know, to the to be the yep. student I never was. And then when when I understand understood that, well, she's she's you know, she's uh, my daughter and not me. And yep. I was I she she when I took that pressure off, she just came came forward in leaps and bounds. Yeah, that yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm pretty lucky with my son because I was never an athletic child. And I mean you, you asked um, my PT, Brett, I did an episode with him early on in the podcast as well. Um, you ask him, I'm not, a, I'm not an athletic person. Like it takes a lot of effort for me just to go to, to train, you know, because I, I, I just hate it. Absolutely hate it. Once I'm in the moment and I've done it, love it. It's great. But I've never been an athletic person. And so I wanted wanted that for him mm-hmm. i wanted him to play the team sports or or whatever and luckily he is just naturally athletic well he'll turn around hey dad can i clear some space on the floor over there so i can work out go nuts mate and he'll go do push-ups and sit-ups and and whatever take him down to the park he'd rather do shuttle runs than play on the playground you know? how old is he he's uh five next month <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. With um, with your uh, you know, it, it, it's boxing. You do boxing with Brent. Brent, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I do a bit of boxing. Yeah, yeah. I like it. It's good. I guess if you can um, if you can work out connect a connect a why to why you do it, that's uh, it, it'll, it'll make a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm dealing with a bit of a, a mental mental block at the moment. I'm working on mental my mental toughness my resilience you know because i've always when it comes to self-discipline i'm i'm really soft on myself really easy on myself um and it's it's really easy to to 
fuck off and just go, eh, nah, it's all good. I'll, there's always next week. I'll catch up next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in the last three months, you know, I think there's been twice that I've been there two weeks in a row. It's always been one week on, one week off, one week on, one week off. And again, that screws with your, with your self-esteem as well. I found it does for me anyway, because I could see my progress and then take that one week off. It's like coming back, walking down three flights of stairs, Yeah, you know, and everything's blown out of the water. And I come home feeling like shit. You know, and again, like last night, I felt like crap because I wasn't where I thought I should be. And then naturally, uh, I took it out on my missus, mm. you know, mm. used her as a punching bag. What's wrong? What's wrong, honey? Oh, I'm not fucking this and fucking that. And I'm a piece of shit. And, and yeah. So, but when I am there, I feel on top of the world, you know, so. I guess, um, I guess with, with that, I'm 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 pretty strict uh, with, with with that sort of stuff, but the relating the why, I guess uh, you know, like uh, wanting to be there, not 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 to lift the heaviest or you know to be better than anybody else, but but to to ensure that I know that I've done everything I possibly can to ensure that I'm there to hold my daughter's hand when when she decides to walk down that aisle. Yeah. So, and you know, and that's that's a pretty good driver for me, uh, because I, I like I wasn't always, uh, well, still not 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 athletic. I just I can lift. I can, lucky enough to lift heavy heavy things. But I'd I'd uh, I'd get the shit punched out of me if I was in a street fight. That's for sure. So um, wouldn't know, have a clue how to defend myself. But uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely definitely a journey that uh, that if, if you can if you can connect a why to it. You'll, I think mm. you'll find 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 a, a lot easier to go and be more consistent, but um, and like when you say take it down to your missus, mate. Oh fuck, I was an abs uh, for 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 like we've been married twelve years this year, and um, shit for I'm gonna say eight of those years. Yeah, I was an absolute asshole. Like. Not not physically abusive, but it was like it was an emotional abuse. And mm. how easy how easy is it to to take it out on on somebody else for your for your own shit? Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, it, it's really easy to rationalise it as well. well. I turned around to her once I pulled down last night. You know, I I, I turned around to her. I said, "Look, I'm, you know, I'm I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have dumped on you like that." Mm-hmm. I was there, but that's why we've got each other, you know. Like, if you need need to dump, I'm here to dump on, and that's what I did with you. But I know it's not fair. I recognise it's not fair on you, so you know I apologise. And she's she's cool about it, but it's again trying to break that habit of having that short fuse and just going zero to ten in in a split second. Yeah, that's uh, and I was like that too, mate. It was, and I think it was. Um, I worked it out that it was from, uh, I guess, childhood experiences, where being stuck in that fight or flight mode for so many years and just, well, I, I guess it was fight, flight, or freeze. For me, it was 
not so much fight, but it, well, it was fight, but it was like defend, defend, defend. Defend, yeah. Yeah. And uh, just, oh, it was just, yeah, just, just a, a shit way to, to, live, to live my life for, for, for so long, for so long. But, um, but uh, yeah, you're not so secret dad's business, mate. That's, um, that, that's coming up to what, 25 episodes now? Uh, yeah, yeah, getting there up to, yeah, getting there. So, um, actually got a really cool guest booked for this upcoming episode. So I'm looking forward to that. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been going really well. I've got, uh, I think I've had coming up 1200 downloads overall. So yeah, cool. It's, it's, it's still early days, but it's, it's getting there slowly, but surely, you know, I've got a, a loyal audience of about 35 people every yeah. week that, that tune in. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, so are you, are you doing anything else other than the podcast? Um, no, I'm just, I'm doing the podcast and just, uh, Monday nights I do my PT and then I work, you know, 40 hours a week and come home, do my dad thing. How, how often do you get involved in the Penrith district dads? Um, I'm, I'm on their, their, their page quite a bit. And actually it's cool. The, the page has grown massively. Like when I joined, uh, it was last October ish. Um, September, October, when I met Brett and all that, mm-hmm. I think it was at about 400 members. And now in the last six months, it's blown up to about 16 or 1700 yeah, members. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Um, and it's really good because it's, it's just a really good group for dads to, um, local dads to sort of bounce off each other. And, mm-hmm. hey, fellas, look, I've got this. Is there any, I'm, I'm going to chuck it. Is there anybody that can use it? Yeah, or okay. hey fellas i'm looking for a local mechanic who's good yep. you know like who's good who's 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 cost effective um and and every every tuesday they have a business business post as well so all the dads that had their own businesses as well can advertise and and sort of get some some more work rolling in as well it's it's a good page yeah yeah cool mate cool mate well, mate, thanks very much for uh, spending these last uh, this last half an hour plus with me, mate. I uh, really appreciate it because uh, working forty hours a week, mate. I had to, I, I understand that uh, get life gets hectic and um, and yeah, no, I really appreciate it, mate. No, I appreciate it as well, mate. I'm I'm glad I was able to return the favour because um, yeah, had you on the show uh, just before Christmas, I believe it was. Right. Uh, yeah. It was the last episode before I wrapped it up for Christmas. Um, so yeah, no, I, I appreciate this, mate. I've, I've enjoyed it. No worries. No worries. Well, um, enjoy the rest of your night, mate. And uh, make sure you check out not so secret dad's business. Yep. Everywhere. The good podcasts are streamed. Excellent. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Reese. Thanks for listening to be real with Reese. If you would like to appear as a guest on this podcast, please reach out and send me a message on be real with reese at gmail.com or if you're listening and you're enjoying the show don't forget to go and leave a review wherever you get your podcast from make sure it's five star because i enjoy this stuff it's what i enjoy doing it's a passion of mine to just to have vulnerable conversations with real people anyway hope you enjoyed today's episode and be real